Welcome in to Episode 5 of the Pig Weekly Podcast, your weekly source for all things Arkansas Razorbacks. We'll start off this episode with our college football news, where unfortunately in the last game of the regular season, Arkansas falls to Missouri 29-27. to In a game where Arkansas really struggled to get anything going, especially in our running game, which is usually our strong point. Arkansas finished the game with 325 yards of total offense, 212 passing with 113 rushing, which is an interesting breakdown because usually we outnumber our passing yards with our rushing yards, but in this game it was the opposite, and that kind of tells you how our running game went this game. K.J. during the game went 20 of 27 for 212 yards with two touchdowns and an interception with 19 carries for 38 yards where he averaged two point yards per carry. This game was definitely interesting in the way Missouri came out and how we came out. In the first half, it was definitely struggling, both trying to get anything going offensively and to stop their quarterback from running the ball. It was just a rough game. Rocket had 10 carries for 47 yards, four point, averaging 4.7 yards per carry. He had three receptions for 22 yards and a touchdown. A.J. Green only had one carry for three yards. And Rashad Dominion had six carries for 26 yards. So that kind of gives you an idea of how hard it was to get anything running is the fact that Rocket only had 10 carries the whole game. And he only had two in the second half, where KJ had a total of 19 carries the entire game. So it was tough because Rocket was also fighting to win the SEC regular season rushing title, where he ended up falling 50 yards short to Ole Miss's Judkins. So um, that was tough to see him not reach that when we could have if we maybe would have – let him get more carries in the second half, but that just didn't happen. I mean, that was a coaching staff call, so it, it's interesting to see that they made that decision. When you look at our receiving for the game, Matt Landers had four receptions for 79 yards and a touchdown. Jaden Hazelwood had seven receptions for 74 yards. Trey Knox had four receptions for 29 yards. And Keetron Jackson had one reception for seven yards. So we were able to throw the ball a little bit, but not super great. Um, it's probably what kept us in this game and kept what kept it to a two-point game, but we still couldn't get enough going to get that last touchdown or that last yardage to get us in field goal position that we needed. When you look at the defensive side of the ball for Arkansas for this game, um, we had no bumper pool. And at the beginning of the game, you could tell that, you know, we were struggling a little bit with him not playing. Chris Paul Jr., a.k.a. Poopaw, stepped in the role for start for the starting linebacker spot in place of Bumper Pool, where he had nine tackles, five solo tackles, and one tackle for loss. So this is a good showing for him and an idea of what we can expect for from him next year. And I just expect even better with him being able to have a full offseason as most likely coming in as one of the starting linebacker spots. It'll be something that we'll have to figure out next year um, with the loss of Bumper 
and most likely Drew Sanders, which we haven't had any announcement yet saying whether he's going to go to the NFL or come back for another season. But most likely I imagine him going because he'll be a top two round pick most likely. Then Hudson Clark had seven tackles and five solo with two tackles for losses. And then you have Drew Sanders, who had seven tackles, three solo tackles, one tackle for loss, and one sack. So in this game, we allowed Missouri to have 468 total yards, 242 passing, and 226 rushing. Their quarterback, Brady Cook, like I mentioned earlier, had a crazy game rushing where he had 18 carries for 138 yards. He's not usually that much of a running quarterback, but something about our defense this week just made him look really good and like he could find the holes and, you know, be able to run the ball over us, which we we corrected in the second half, but just wasn't able to uh, stop him early in the game. So this was a disappointing game, especially coming into the last game and ending it on not such a great note with us falling to Missouri. I know it was kind of a shock for everybody after we had that pretty dominant game over Ole Miss and then to come out on the road in our last regular season game and lose. So we are now 0-5 in Columbia since we've been playing Missouri uh, in this rivalry game and since they've been in the SEC. So that's tough to see that we, we haven't won there um, but we've been able to beat them at home. Um, but yeah, so now we'll, we'll move on to see what bowl game we get and then what all players decide to come back or leave or enter the portal, what have you be. We'll talk about that a little bit later on the podcast, but that's something we'll have to start looking at now. Some other scores around the SEC for this week where it was rivalry week. Mississippi State beat Ole Miss in the Egg Bowl, 24-22. Florida State beat Florida, 45-38. Georgia beat Georgia Tech, 37-14. Texas A&M beat LSU, surprisingly, 38-23. In the Iron Bowl, Alabama beat Auburn, 49-27. And in another shocker, South Carolina beat Clemson, 31-30. Tennessee beat Vanderbilt 56-0, and Kentucky beat Louisville 26-13. So some surprising games in rivalry week, some upsets that um, we didn't expect to see, but they happen. You know, that's that's a big part of rivalry week is sometimes the unexpected happens, and so that's two big wins for South Carolina two weeks in a row coming off that win versus Tennessee and then coming out and beating Clemson as well to end their regular season on a high note. So now we'll move on to our week recap for other Arkansas various sports throughout the week where on November 23rd, the day before Thanksgiving, we had Arkansas men's basketball take on San Diego State in the third round of the Maui Invitational. And this game was for third place. And, man, was it a hard-fought game that actually went into overtime where Arkansas won 78-74. to Nail-biter game, back and forth, very physical and tough game that Arkansas managed to win. And I think that just shows you 
what kind of growth and how this team is going to face adversity whenever it's a tough game that's it's going to come down to this to the stretch and getting that last run as you know must have said several times before basketball is a game of runs and so you want to make sure you have that last run to win the game so in this game trevor and brazil led all scores with 20 points followed by ricky council with 19 and anthony black with 15 points in rebounding trevor and brazil led all players with nine kamani johnson with seven jordan walsh and anthony black were tied with five speaking of kamani johnson what a game by him i tell you it was something that i don't think anybody expected but he came in in crunch time and we'll talk about that in just a minute but when you look at our shooting percentages the team shot 40 percent from the field going 24 of 60 17.6 from the three-point line going three of 17 and 71.1 percent from the free throw line where they shot 27 of 38. And then that brings us to the player of the game, which you've got to give it to Kamani Johnson. He only played 19 minutes, but those were a crucial 19 minutes. He had seven points where he went two of two on his field goal attempts, three of five from the free throw line, seven rebounds, four offensive and three defensive, and two steals. But when you look at those rebounding numbers, he had one big crucial rebound and putt back where he came in in the last few minutes of the regulation of the second half and he came in and in a minute's notice was ready to go um i know he said after the game that he's always ready for when coach needs him to come in and play and sure enough he was in this game where he came in and gave us some crucial minutes and like i said he came in and got that last second rebound and put back that tied the game and took it to overtime and then in overtime he also had some key rebounds and made some key free throws down the stretch that allowed us to win the game by four, where you see he made three out of his five free throws. So without Kamani Johnson, we probably would have lost this game. So I'm glad that see that even though he's not necessarily starting, he's always ready to come in the game and help us out however he can. And then you look at our Arkansas women's basketball team playing on Thanksgiving Day versus Northern Arizona in the Paradise Jam Tournament where they won their game one, 82-73. Samara Spencer led all scorers in this game with 27 points, followed by Michaela Daniels with 18, and Sailor Poffenbarger with 13. Chrissy Carr and Aaron Barnum tied for most rebounds with 7, followed by Michaela Daniels with 6, and Sailor Poffenbarger with 5. In the game, the team shot 41.2% from the field, going 28 of 68, 21.7% from three-point range, going 5 of 23, and 70% from the free throw line where they shot 21 of 30. And then when you talk about player of the game for this game, you've got to give it to Samara Spencer, where she played the entire 40 minutes of the game and scored 27 points, where she went 10 of 21 from the field, 3 of 7 from the three-point line and four of six from the free throw line and she also added in four rebounds two assists and four steals so what a game by samara congratulations on having such a great game in this game one of the paradise gym and then that takes us on to the day after thanksgiving where they played in their game two of the paradise gym where arkansas won 76 to 62 
Michaela Daniels led all scores in this game with 21 points, followed by Chrissy Carr with 19 points, and Sailor Poffenbarger with 15 points, and Aaron Barnum with 14. Sailor Poffenbarger and Aaron Barnum tied for the most rebounds with 9 each, followed by Samara Spencer and Michaela Daniels tied with 5 each as well. In this game, our team shot 47.9% from the field, going 23 of 48. They shot 39.1% from the three-point range, going 9 of 23, and 60% from the free-throw line, where they shot 21 of 35. Also going on the day after Thanksgiving on the 25th, we had our Arkansas women's volleyball team playing Auburn, where they won the match 3-0. And the women's volleyball team also played on November 26th as well against Auburn, where they won that match 3-0 as well. And then they found out over the weekend that they are going dancing in the NCAA tournament. They got a sixth seed and will play Utah State on Friday, December 2nd at 6.30. And then we move on to our Arkansas women's basketball, their game, third and final game in the Paradise Gym tournament where they beat Kansas State 69-53 to win and come in first place in that tournament. Chrissy Carr led all the scorers in this game with 18 points, followed by Aaron Barnum with 17 and Michaela Daniels with 13. Samara Spencer led this team in rebounds with 8, followed by Sailor Boffenbarger and Michaela Daniels tied with 6. Our team in this game shot 42.4% from the field, going 25 of 59, 26.7% from the three-point range, going 8 of 30, and 68.8% from the free-throw line, going 11 of 16. So after this game, Arkansas is now 8-0, and they're looking like they're going to be a pretty solid team this year, and this it could be the most talented team that Mike Neighbors has had since he's been at Arkansas. So this is a team you might want to watch out for once we get into SEC play and later on down the road where it starts getting close to tournament time. And I think we can have a good run in the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament as well. Then we move on and look at our Arkansas women's soccer team where they had their big matchup in the Elite Eight versus Florida State. Where unfortunately they fell in this matchup 1-0. I watched this game and it was a highly competitive game from start to finish. Arkansas was fighting hard to try and get... Um, the equalizer in this game after um, Florida State went up 1-0 to zero on a goal that we scored, they counted as a goal, goal scored on ourselves, where Florida State just was throwing in the ball, and with everybody by the goal, you know, it just, one of our players accidentally hit the ball in, and so we, we gave them the point. And in this game, Arkansas had a total of 11 shots with five shots on target where we just couldn't convert anything, and it was a hard-fought game. And I hate this for the seniors, but they had an incredible season making it to the Elite Eight for back-to-back -back years. And so we'll see what this team looks like next year with the talent that Kobe Hale's got coming in next year. And then we look at our Arkansas men's basketball playing Troy last night on November 29th where Arkansas won this game 74-61. to And that, that score doesn't show just how close and tight this game was. We ended up winning by 13, but this was a close game 
up until the last few minutes of the game where it was back and forth, tight knit, hard fought all the way through. In this game, Ricky Council led all scorers again with 27 points. Anthony Black and Makai Mitchell with 14 points. A big help when we make a late season run and a, a tournament run and push to get back to the lead eight and hopefully go further and deeper into the NCAA tournament. In this game, Makai Mitchell led all led the team in rebounds with nine, followed by Anthony Black with eight, and Jordan Walsh with four. In this game, our team shot 52.9% from the field, going 27 of 51. They shot 27.3% from the three-point range, going three of 11, and 73.9% from the free throw line, where they went 17 of 23. The start of this game definitely has to go to Ricky Council, the fourth, where he scored 27 points and played 39 minutes of this game. He went 12 of 18 from the field, one of four from the three-point line, and two of two from the free throw line. He also added in three rebounds and one steal. I will also mention that, you know, he had a spectacular dunk at the end of the game that made number two on Sports Center top 10 the following day. So, you know, that's that makes the third one this season as far as plays being in the SEC top or Sports Center top 10 plays. And I feel like there will be several more to come throughout the rest of the season. Another important note for this game is Nick Smith Jr. Finally made his debut this season, and he played five minutes this game. Going scoreless, but it was just good to see him actually come out and get some basketball action after the long-avoided debut that I know everybody's been waiting for. We're, we're slowly easing back in. I know Coach Mus says over these next few days before the game Saturday, he'll slowly get more and more practice in, so we might see more minutes from him going forward. And that'll be key because, on another note, Devo Davis did not play this game. And per Coach Muss in the pregame, he's gonna he stepped away from the team for a little bit. We don't know how long, what for. You know, that's being kept private. And if he wants anybody to know, he'll let them know. But um, Devo, you know, we're all here for you. We're here for, to support you. You've been such an amazing person and player for Arkansas. So, you know, I know the entire state's got your back and we're here to support you. So now we'll start looking at upcoming events we have in the next week or so. So coming up on December 1st, we have Arkansas women's basketball playing Troy. Troy is currently 3-3, three and three, so that should be a game where our women can come out and just get another win on the season pretty easily, hopefully. Our Arkansas women's volleyball will play Utah State in the first round of the NCAA tournament on December 2nd, where if they win this game, they'll go on to play December 3rd versus the winner of Oregon and Loyola Marymount University of California. And then our Arkansas men's basketball has a game coming up versus San Jose State on December 3rd. San Jose State is currently 6-2, and two, where their key player to watch will be Omari Moore, where he averages 13.4 points per game, 6.1 rebounds per game, 4.4 assists per game, and is shooting 42.2% from the field and then our Arkansas women's basketball will play 
Oral Roberts on December the 4th. And Oral Roberts is 2-6, and six, so again, expect another game where our women's basketball can get another win and keep rolling and just keep doing their thing that they have going right now. And then next week, our Arkansas men's basketball will play UNC Greensboro. They are currently 3-4 and four on the season. And their player to watch will be Keandre Kennedy, where he is averaging 15.4 points per game, 7.3 rebounds per game, and 1.3 assists per game, shooting 42.1% from the field. This game will be interesting to see, and we'll see how much more playing time Nick Smith Jr. gets in this game after making his debut and with Devo out um, for an extended period of time. And so that will be a role that will need to be filled. Then we have Arkansas basketball versus Lamar on December 8th, where Lamar is 3-2 on the season. Again, it's another non-conference matchup for our women's basketball team where they can continue to hopefully play well and get several another win under their belt before we get closer and closer to conference play coming up. Now we'll start talking about, about a little recap of our football season and talk some transfer portal news about what's going on there. The portal doesn't officially open up till December 5th, but we players can go ahead and announce their intentions on what they're going to do, whether they're going to stay, leave in the transfer portal, or head to the NFL draft, those various situations. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about those. So Arkansas finishes the season going 6-6 six and six with a possible ball game upcoming, but I think, you know, this – wasn't necessarily a bad season, but I think it, it's a little bit of a disappointing season with the high expectations we had coming in, especially having KJ back, Rocket back, a veteran offensive line, and some veterans on that defense that ended up getting hurt. But I think the expectations this year was we could possibly reach that 10 win mark, but, you know, that didn't happen um, due to, you know, I know we've talked about all season all the injuries we've had. The injury bug hit Arkansas hard this year. Starting out in game one where Jalen Catalan got hurt and was out for the season, you know, you, you lose your All-American safety in game one, and that doesn't seem like that's going to be good for your defense the rest of the way through the season. And then we had several other, I know Ladarius Bishop, another one of our defensive backs, I believe towards ACL and had to miss the entire season as well. So that was another veteran presence that we missed. And then, as we said, Bumper Pool played all season with a hip injury and back injury, um, just giving his all for this team. And then you had the issues with Slusher getting a concussion in the, early in the season and then also being suspended later on down in the season. So it was rough for our defense and our secondary especially. Um, not too many injuries offensively, so that, that that's something you can look at as a good thing. But that this was just definitely an up-and-down season where, you know, we had some highs and then lows as well. You know, when you look at it, coming out and losing against Liberty and then being in a close game with LSU, not being able to finish that out and get a win there, and then coming out and 
that loss against Texas A&M where we lost by two on the missed field goal by little, you know, we shouldn't have even been in that position to where it came down to a field goal. But, you know, that, that loss hurt worse and worse as the season went on. And it's just something that sometimes it just the ball didn't fall our way and you got to move on from it and find a way to win and, that was just a tough game for us. And then you see that loss against Missouri where, you know, we came off of a good win versus a, a good old Miss team and then kind of just came out flat, couldn't get anything going offensively. And, you know, as we talked about earlier at the beginning of this podcast, you know, it's something that, you know, we couldn't – I don't know if we just weren't ready for this game or if we just – wasn't expecting such physicality out of Missouri. I, I don't know what it was, but that was definitely disappointing. So now it'll be all looking at what bowl game we get. Where do we go? You know, I'm hearing a lot of rumblings about, you know, most likely we'll go to the Texas Bowl down in Houston and play Oklahoma. I see a lot of projections for us playing Oklahoma. And I think that's something that the bowl committee may will miss out on if we don't have that matchup is to to match up Oklahoma against Arkansas before they enter the conference in a few years. I've also heard we could potentially play Baylor. We could potentially play Illinois. We could potentially play Notre Dame. Right now it's all just very up in the air, and we have Selection Sunday coming up soon, so that's something we'll have to just wait and see where we land. I know Arkansas fans would probably hope for maybe a bowl game that's closer where we can travel because Arkansas fans travel well. That's something we'll just have to wait and see. I know they've also mentioned the potential of the Gator Bowl down in Jacksonville, Florida. So we'll we'll just have to see where the bowl committee thinks we fit in this season and hopefully go into that game and get some momentum and get a win to finish above 500 in the season and then go back to the drawing board in the offseason. So that's something we'll have to see where that falls. And so after that Missouri loss, one thing that, you know, Coach Pittman did make a change already is we let go Jamil Walker, who was our strength and conditioning coach. He is a guy that came over with Pittman from Georgia, I believe, and has been here all three years and has gotten a raise on both off seasons after two successful and progressively better seasons. And to see him get let go after this Missouri loss raised a lot of eyebrows and a lot of questions about why. You know, just from what I've heard is there was, there was talk out there that maybe he was undermining Pittman in the locker room. I'm not 100% sure on that. I don't have sources on that. That's just something that I'm hearing. And also you got to look at – we did have a lot of injuries this season. Could that have been from, you know, not being properly in the best condition and the strongest that we can be? You know, that's the part of a strength and conditioning is making sure you're strong enough and in good condition where you're not going to get hurt throughout the season. So that's somebody we're going to have to replace. And we'll talk a little bit about that here in a minute as we get into some draft news. So we'll get back back with that here in just a minute all right we are back and we will now talk a little bit about some of our players that have 
already announced their intentions on what they're going to do since the season's kind of over with, except for the bowl game. So we'll start this off with Jaden Hazelwood. He is officially declared for the NFL draft and will forgo the rest of his eligibility. And he has also said that he will be opting out of the bowl game to go ahead and start prepping for the NFL draft. So we wish him luck. You know, Thank you for what you're able to do for Arkansas this season and coming in out of Oklahoma and just you know, trying to help Arkansas as much as you can and best of luck to you in the future. And that also goes for Ricky Stromberg, who also declared for the draft. You know, he was a veteran that came back last year, and, you know, there was some rumors that he might come back next year, but he's he's already announced that he's going to declare for the NFL draft. There's no word yet on whether he is going to play in the ballgame or not. I really hope he does because we'll need that veteran presence on that offensive line for this last game of the season. So far, players that have announced are – Defensive back wide receiver Chase Lowry, wide receiver Warren Thompson, which a lot of people kind of figured that would be what is going on with him leaving the team right before the last few games of the season. He will be potentially transferring somewhere else. Another player that entered the portal or will be entering the portal that kind of took me by surprise is in-state running back James Joyner. He's announced his intentions to enter the portal. That's um, a little surprising with him being an in-state kid and always wanting to play for Arkansas, but I also understand the flip side of that, where when you just look at our running back room, where's the playing time going to come from? You're going to have Rocket Sanders back next year, uh, most likely A.J. Green, Rashad DeBinion, Dominic Johnson could be back on since he's got a medical red shirt after – Retearing his ACL, and then we also have a four-star running back coming in signed with the next year's class so far. So definitely a very competitive running back room and totally understandable him wanting to leave and go somewhere where he will get more playing time. Kind of a player that we figured might do that with how the, the later part of the season went is defensive back Miles Slusher. He announced his intentions after he – didn't play in the game versus Missouri, so he will be looking for another school to play for. And then another player is quarterback Malik Hornsby. I think that's something that was maybe a little 50-50, but after what we saw with him against LSU and earlier in the season versus Mississippi State, I don't think he's the future to replace KJ when KJ leaves, and I don't know if he can make it in the SEC, so I, I can see where he wants to leave and maybe go somewhere else. But we wish Malik the best of luck. Thank you for you know what you've done for the school here so far, and you know coming in when we needed you, and we wish you the best of luck wherever you end up. We wish him the best of luck to all these guys. You know we wish them the best of luck. You know I don't want to hate on a kid for you know deciding to leave and doing what's best for them. So we'll wish all these guys that came and, you know, decided to be part of the Razorback family, no matter if it was just a year or one season, you know, whatever it be, the best luck wherever they go for their future. Nickelback Ja'Cory Turner also has entered the portal, along with defensive end Eric Thomas Jr. 
some of these guys just didn't really see much playing time this year, but I am a little surprised with uh, several of these secondary players leaving with how much we struggled this year and the fight that could be a lot of playing time next year that will be available. It's another one that, you know, he's gone and, you know, he's a defensive back and that's where we struggled this year, but it's something that's surprising to see. We'll see what we go after in the transfer portal. I know we'll have several roles that we'll need to fill, especially in the secondary, um, possibly a wide receiver. As of right now, quarterback Malachi Singleton coming in next year, but he may need a year or two to develop, uh, learn the offense, and so we'll need maybe an experienced guy to come in and play for a year while Malachi is getting ready to go. So it'll be interesting to see what Arkansas attacks in the transfer portal. And then a late addition to this right before I started recording here is punter Reed Bauer also announced his intentions to enter the transfer portal and leave and go somewhere else to finish out his career as a graduate transfer. He had, he had four decent years here where he, you know, had a big play last season in that fake punt against Alabama where we took them right down to the wire and, so we, we, we're glad he is able to help us out here, and hopefully wherever he goes next, we'll be able to have some success as well. I know there's been talk about a few players who are already targeting that's going to be entering the portal that will be coming for a visit this, I think in a weekend or two, is a offensive lineman from Florida. He, uh, he I think, left the team beginning of the season where – he was a four-star recruit, and, you know, I think Pittman's going to go after some guys just since we're going to have some open spots to fill and some competition since we'll be losing at least Ricky Stromberg and maybe a few more in days to come. We'll just have to see how that falls. And then we'll, we've also got a wide receiver coming in out of Texas A&M Commerce, a, a JUCO kid coming in that he is looking at Arkansas along with several other schools, but he is a 6'6 wide receiver, so – you know, we're losing Hazelwood and Matt Landers, so we'll have to uh, have some guys come in or some guys step up like Keetron Jackson next season. And then we'll look at talking about some potential replacements for our head strength and conditioning coach. You know, as I mentioned earlier, we let Jamil Walker go after that loss against Missouri and, you know, with everything going on now with that situation, we have a role to fill. But he is a former Arkansas guy that played in, I believe, from 2010 to 2013, where he had two all-pro seasons, and he was a big blocker for several uh, good Arkansas running backs, and he is just a guy that I would love to have for our strength and conditioning coach. When you just look at him, he looks like a guy that knows what he's doing and will help get the fullest potential out of most everybody that he would be able to coach. He was nicknamed in college the bowling ball, you know, just because of his short but stout stature that he had. So I would love to see him back. I know the other day it was mentioned that he's been in Fayetteville for an interview with Coach Pittman after uh, the weekend's game. So we'll see what comes out of that. Another name that I've heard mentioned for this position is potentially – Denarius Tank Wright, who was another Arkansas player, that he is the current director of strength and conditioning at Illinois under Coach Bielma. 
He was one of the guys on our strength and conditioning staff that wasn't retained when Chad Morris came in and he let him go. So he left and took a job with Bielema, who there could have been some overlap while he was here. So there's two Arkansas guys that I think would love to come back to the school, especially love to come back and work with Pittman and be our head strength and conditioning coach. That's something we'll just have to see in the next coming week or two to see what moves are made and if one of those guys is going to accept or get offered one of those opp- that opportunity. Uh, another thing to be on the lookout is the potential, are we going to lose any coordinators? I've heard that there's some interest in Barry Odom to become leave and become the new head coach at Tulsa. And then there's also been – talks about, you know, it might be a good fit for Kendall Bryles to take over at Florida Atlantic where he was previously under Lane Kiffin for a season as the offensive coordinator there. Or there's the potential a lot of people are talking about he might be interested in the Liberty opening after Hugh Freeze takes the Auburn job. So it'll be interesting to see if we keep those two guys for another season. I will say, you know, I wouldn't mind Odom coming back. You know, this this year's defense and its struggles aren't directly on him, in my opinion. I think, you know, when you look at all the injuries we've had and what we lost from last season, that's a lot to overcome because you lose your defensive leader on the defense with Catalan going down, and then you lose last year's defensive leader with Grant Morgan leaving and Monteric Brown leaving. So we, we, we had some key losses last year that was hard to replace this year. And then also, again, we got struck with injury. So that's something that, you know, I think it's not entirely his fault. So I think, you know, we bring him back and let him keep his system in place and work with kids that are here and the, the talent that's coming in next season and see where we sit after next year. And then there's the topic of Kendall Bryles. This is probably a very back and forth topic where a lot of people may want him gone, but a lot of people may want to keep him here. In my opinion, yes, there was times this year that made me want to pull my hair out, but I don't think you bring in a new guy with a new system and have KJ have to learn a whole new system for next season. I think we bring Bryles back next season. If he doesn't take another job, we'll have – KJ back hopefully next season with Rocket back. Bring in some talented wide receivers and let some of our wide receivers that are here step up and get some playing time that are young. We could have a good core next year, and if our defense gets back on track, I think next year you could see the expectations that there were for this year on continuously building this program up and keep progressively getting better and getting this program into a really good spot. It's one of those things where pros and cons on both sides, you know all coordinators at some point are most likely going to leave and you can't hold on to them forever. But with a veteran quarterback coming back, I don't think that's where you just change up the offense with a new coordinator. But um, we'll have to see what happens in that area and if there's any other movements as far as other coordinators, other position coaches, whatever it may be. But as we get more news, I'll relay that to you, and that's where we go from here. 
So that's how we'll wrap up this episode of Week 5's Pig Weekly Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. After finishing up this episode, please make sure to support the Southern Boy Sports Podcast Network. The network includes Southern Boy Sports itself at SO underscore boy underscore sports on Twitter, the second to none podcast at SECOND underscore 2NUN on Twitter, and the Mid State Weekly Show at Mid underscore State underscore show on Twitter. All of these shows bring solid college and high school info from around the nation. Make sure to follow each show and give them all a five star review. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Whoopig Weekly.